For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of the VikingAge.com. My name is Chris Shad. I'm a writer for the Viking Age Zone coverage. Bring me the news and the Brookings Register. We do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're also in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to the masses. My guest is the managing editor and a contributor for ZoneCoverage.com. He writes about the Vikings. He writes about the Twins. I don't know. He might do some wild stuff too, but they don't matter because they just mm. wallow in mediocrity. His name is Tom Schreier. Thank you, Tom, for taking time to join the show. So you're headed down to Florida to uh, cover some twin spring training here in the next couple of days. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I apologize. I uh, I had some audio issues. There's a little different interface than we've used before. And I was trying to figure out how to connect something to my iPad or my earphones or whatever and like um, AirPods and uh, and to my microphone here. So yeah, a little technical difficulties. But yes, I am. Uh, I am, you know, cranking away here. It's a weird time, time of the year, right? Where the Wilder, I guess, are on a winning streak, but we've kind of seen this before. The uh, Twins are about to, you know, we're about to go down to spring training to cover them. And then the Vikings, you know, it's a lot of Kirk Cousins talk and whatnot because the Super Bowl's over and we don't have football until training camp in August. Well, it's it's not spring until Byron Buxton's knee explodes in center field uh, trying to no, yeah. too soon. I mean, should I not they're, go there? They're, they're trying. They're hoping he stays healthy. I, yeah, I'm curious. I, I'll be down. I'm looking as it like snow falls here for I think the first time in like three months. I'm uh, heading down to to Fort Myers to to see what's going on with the team, and obviously still will be keeping track of anything going on with the Vikings and kind of a what should be a pretty pivotal off season. You know, I, I will say before we move on, I have to give a compliment to Twins fans because I am today is Valentine's Day as we're recording this, and I have not mm-hmm. seen the Byron Buxton Valentine, you make me weak in the knees uh, oh, no. type of meme that usually goes out there. But I I honestly hope he's okay. I, I mean, it would be awesome if he returned to center field. It, it's just understandable to be skeptical. But another thing to be skeptical about is the pending return of Kirk Cousins, which leads us to our episode tradition of breaking into Kirk Watch 2024. Uh, You might have heard, Tom, that Kirk Cousins is a free agent. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made the rounds on Media Road with his blazing hot honey barbecue wings during Super Bowl week. And uh, he danced at the NFL Honors, which is not quite the Taylor Swift duet I was predicting. 
but it's just enough. So let's start here. Are the Wilfs going to throw money at Kirk Cousins like he's Magic Kirko this offseason? Or what What are they going to do, you think? Yeah, I mean, I do think they're going to pay him. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, both, you know, obviously our group here at Zone Coverage, but then just friends of mine kind of asking me what's going on. And the hardest thing is obviously if you could just say, hey, let's do one year, $30 million, you get it up front. It's your money. We're going to try to get you back to where you were, you know, it, it, against San Francisco on Monday night, even kind of where he was against the Packers in Lambeau Field before the, the non-contact injury. Um, I think everyone would do that. I mean, I guess there's people that just don't want to watch Kirk Cousins and there's, you know, he's a polarizing figure, but I think most people would say, yeah, that makes sense. It's hard to screw up a one-year deal. It's fine. That's fully guaranteed. Look at what he was doing last year. We got to see what he is. I think he's entering age 35 season coming off an Achilles tear, right? I think the issue is he, we know he plays hardball. We know that like, you know, he talks about how he has a guy, right? And, and I think there's some truth that some of these guys have like a camp and like a group of people that manage them. You know, he has a singular manager, but that guy is, I, I my understanding is he's kind of a bulldog, right? I mean, he, he's a guy who understands negotiation. He's, he's doing his job, I guess, in the sense that like Kirk Cousins has fourth round pick. I was kind of drafted to be a backup. Cousins has, you know, cashed in, I guess, on, 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 um, whatever success he's had. Right. And I think you're probably looking at like a two year, $60 million deal. And I still think they take it. I still think they pay him. I think it's so much more risky because of his age. And because like, if you draft the quarterback of the future, he may be ready. Ideally he's ready in two years. Right. And like, um, then what do you do with cousins? So I don't know. It's complicated as it is always with negotiations. You know, it, it is funny. There's two sides to Kirk Cousins, right? Like during the season, it's kind of this goofball, ah, shucks, you know, kind of dad-like figure that we saw in quarterback. But the side we didn't see in quarterback was, um, p- pardon the wrestling term, there's going to be a few of them, but I call him the head of the negotiating table where he goes in, he puts his finger in the sky and he goes, acknowledge me. And the mm-hmm. Wolves just go, yes, we'll we'll give you whatever you want, Kirk. We just don't make us watch Josh Dobbs or Nick Mullins or Darren Hall. Like you, you are the tribal chief. Yes. My tribal chief. Here is another ironclad contract. Like I've asked this before. We had Marissa Voss on the show a couple weeks ago. Like how desperate should the Vikings be? Because you look at $30 million over two years. It seems like Tom Pelissero said there's going to be an aggressive market for him as well. Yeah. And Kirk's kind of doing the Adam Thielen like, well, guys, I'd really like to stay here, but that's not my decision. That's up to the Vikings. Like, you know, how far should the Vikings go to bring him back? Yeah, I mean, I felt like it was different. Thielen, in some ways, I was surprised to let him go. It was so weird. It was I remember it was like. The Vikings brought us out. This would be like in April, right after the draft to show us film on all the players they drafted. This is kind of why we got them. Here's Addison's route running. Here's, you know, Makai Blackman. Here's whatever. And like, you know, even going into like Jaron Hall and stuff. And like you get out of that meeting and, and you get an email from the Vikings and it's like, you know, it's it's this, it's formatted, right? It's often just like an anonymous player. Like, hey, they've elevated this guy from the practice squad or they released this guy, right? And it's like someone in the back of the locker room who often like I haven't talked to, right? And it's just like in there, it's like Adam Thielen from, Man- you know, <laughs> from Minnesota Mankato or whatever, uh, Detroit Lakes cut. And you're like, wait, they, they just cut. And, and I know it like could have it was possible that this could happen but like i was like that's just weird that's how i found out that he was cut right after a film session about who they drafted and i i think um Thielen might be a little different Thielen was more defiant it's like i still got it i mean i i know someone who his buddy was like on a somehow on a plane like next to Thielen, and Thielen's on his phone showing him close being like dude i still have my speed stuff like that right and i think that was more 
Kwesi going, hey, we got to bring you down to what would be a receiver three level, right? And Thielen going, nope, I'll go sign with Carolina, right? And like, um, that is what it is. I mean, he, he, I think it's like a three-year deal. He got paid. But like, I think Cousins a little different. Cousins, the tone I got, and he wasn't really like committal in any direction, but like in that little scrum he had with the media, it was more like, hey, I get it. I'm coming off an Achilles injury, but I'm not... I'm not a mobile quarterback. I know how to run an NFL offense. I've had success with Kevin O'Connell. And like he didn't say it, but like it's kind of like, what is the alternative? And that's kind of what it is. I actually don't believe like from the Wolf standpoint, I think the Wolf say, hey, we're going to invest in like X amount of money to build the facility, X amount, you know, they pitched in for the stadium. And then like our goal is to win. Right. And that's the, that's the, um, I mean, that sounds good in the abstract, but that's what gets argued, right? Should they be trying to win every year? Having said that, they're like, we're going to invest whatever we need to. It's just you have to be right. And I think if you're Quasi, you go, well, I don't think we're going with like Tannehill or Baker Mayfield. I mean, maybe that's the direction they go. I don't think it's like the thing is, I just don't think one of those three guys are going to drop. Like, it's not like a Jaden Daniels tumble. If anything, he probably will raise his stock with the combine. Um, I don't see like a Drake May, like how the hell is he like a Will Levis type fall, right? Um, and I think like you just can't think like Penix or JJ McCarthy. Like you can't just throw that guy in the fire and be like, hey, we expect to win right now. Uh, you think of like Cousins, who's a pretty smart guy, veteran quarterback, had trouble learning Kevin O'Connell's system, right? And I think some guy like like a McCarthy or whatever, I, I know like Penix is like an older player, but like they're not gonna be able to pick that up right away. They'd need a year. So I see it more as like I what I read between the lines and kind of, you know sitting in that press conference taking notes on it with O'Connell or with Quasi is like O'Connell for sure wants him like he just wants the best quarterback he can give him right and I think and he seems to like Cousins a lot and like Quasi's going I want him I, I you know he wouldn't say it but it's it's like he wants it at like the most affordable deal possible because we don't know what Kirk Cousins is like even if they draft a quarterback who isn't good right even if like let's say they get McCarthy and he gets in the NFL and you go oh this guy's not ready and at best he's like three four years out we still don't know what Cousins is next year, just given the nature of the injury and given his age. Having said that, like, yes, he's going to negotiate. I don't think it's going to be a hometown discount. I think he sees it as someone would maybe throw $90 million at me, right? And I'm going to take 60 for two years, and that's the discount, right? But it's not, I'm taking a year for 30. Thanks for whatever, however much they paid him, you know, since that guaranteed contract, the $84 million guaranteed. Thanks for all that. Thanks for the times. Glad you got a co- you know coach that supports me. I don't think there's any of that. I think he's going to go, yeah, I want two years 60. I-, I think he thinks he can be the quarterback. I think he thinks he can play until he's like 40. I think most of these guys do. And the Vikings need to figure out, hey, how do we get him to a number that makes sense for us or what's our alternative? And that's what he said to Mike Florio in a pro football talk interview that he, you know, Tom Brady played until he was 45. Drew Brees played until he's whatever, you know, we're talking about, well, I'm not a running quarterback anyway. Well, here's, here's two things that kind of need to be considered in this situation. You know, Kirk, yes, he's not a running quarterback, but he's not a quarterback that moves well in the pocket. Mm -hmm. You can't avoid the rush. And he's a sitting duck. When you have the holes that the Vikings have that we will get to in just a second, I, I don't know how do you get a guard? How do you get a lot of these players that you need for Kirk Cousins to succeed? Because he's not Patrick Mahomes in the sense that, you know, no matter what is happening around him, he's going to giggle and like lead a Super Bowl winning touchdown drive. Like Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, we've been in this game of whack-a-mole for six years where he needs a coach that likes him and a lead offensive coordinator. He needs the 49ers situation, which I know is like the greatest love story that wasn't written by Taylor Swift. <laughs> but I, I mean, that that's what he needs. He needs elite players everywhere. And when I look at this here, like if you bring Kirk Cousins back, you have to go full Rams in Quasi's 
words. In fact, you got to go full Kirk. You got to kick down money down the road. You got to say, fuck them picks. You got to bring all pros in at every situation. And you have to hit 100% on your draft picks. And if I'm Quasi Adolfo Mensa with two years left on my four-year deal, I'm sitting there going like, this just isn't possible. But, you know, you got Larry, Lemmy, Lammy, uh, Ziggy, Zaggy, and the rest of the Will family sitting there going like, well, we, we need a quarterback. What are we going to do at quarterback? Like this is this is just a mess. And and like, what do you think if they bring yeah. back? Like, how do they how do they feel feel the team? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you have to go full Rams. I think I think Quasi was serious about that. It's unfortunate that Quasi was most honest in his first interview, and like he got burned on it because he was honest about Cousins and of course things like once you get away from the original source and kind of get into the megaphone, right? It sounds worse than it is. He was just honest. I mean, he's saying like the one thing about not burning down is like, how do you get a Mahomes or a Brady? I mean, that, the thing anyone will tell you is like Brady was a late pick and Mahomes, I think, was what, 10th or something, right? So like some of this is like you have to choose the right guy. And at 11, you can probably get the right guy. It just it's it, you kind of it. you probably can't get the top three given who's drafting there. Right. And like you is Penix, for example, is he like is he a viable starter in the NFL? We just don't know. Um, and so I think like there's things you have to work with the mechanics. I think there's some injury things. So, you know, I just I, I don't see them going full Rams. I think if you if you draft Cousins, like the biggest thing I'm concerned with, because actually the offense looks pretty good. It's not like me like if you have Cousins, that doesn't mean you can't get rising, right? Or you can't fill that hole. Um you have Hawkinson's under a contract. You can figure out his replacement if Hawkinson can't start the season. You have Jefferson. You have Addison. You can figure out receiver three. I honestly think like Powell could be that guy, right? And like um, the offense will be fine. You can put a viable offense around Kirk Cousins. And I think the thing Cousins always asks is he goes, I'm going to handle negotiations in the offseason once that's in. And as long as you put something around me, right? Like as long as it's not like a borderline untenable situation like it was with Zimmer, like he just kind of goes, yeah, I'll just deal with whatever. It seems like he's willing to take criticism. It seems like he'll make fun of himself. It seems like, you know, he he's willing to kind of go with the ups and downs of the team or whatever. It's because he handles everything in the offseason. That's actually a good way to compartmentalize. The, the difficult thing is you look at the other side of the ball. And if you're Brian Forrest, you go, hey, I'm coming back. We, we know like for whatever reason, whether it's lawsuit related or how the season ended or whatever it is, I'm inclined to believe it is related to the him suing the league. But like, you know, he did not get the offers we thought he would as a head coach. I believe that he is a viable head coach, that he did great things at Miami, that he probably should be a head coach in the league. But you have Brian Flores, guy who should be a head coach in the league, who did a lot with a little last year. And he's probably like, hey, I don't want to do a lot with a little again. Like he will continue probably to maximize guys like Ivan Pace and Metellus and some of these guys, Cam Bynum, who other DCs may have pushed aside and say, give me someone else. He's probably not thrilled like anyone that like, hey, you're not getting much from scene. You're not getting much from Booth. Um, I don't know really what happened to Osmo, but like you're not getting something from these guys who they drafted. Um, he's going to go like, look, you got to use this draft class to give me something on defense. I just think he will. And I think the other thing is he's going to go, hey, can can we get Daniel back here? Can we like, you know, like, can you sign some free agents here to kind of supplement this defense? Like, it'd be nice to have a corner outside opposite Murphy and maybe a little pa- more pass rush. And that's actually what it takes away from. I don't know if you have to go full Rams. I understand the thought process behind that, that it's like once you invest that money and once it's in the future, that's fine. With Kirk Cousins, we should be clear. I think you can kind of use that dead money, if you will, in an extension, as long as you get to get it done before the 13th when it voids. The problem is yeah. once this contract voids, like 
essentially that's just dead money no matter what, right? So like Cousins, it's an interesting approach. He Now it's ambiguous, but I think he said March, which basically means, hey, I'm going to have two weeks of negotiations. And then it's either like the Vikings signed me or they didn't, right? And I think he's going, yeah, and then the way he presented it, like, yeah, my kids like school here, but there's also other schools elsewhere, right? There's schools in Atlanta, there's schools in Pittsburgh. Those are two spots. You have Tomlin. I, I don't know how attractive the Atlanta job is, but like that's like something you can use and leverage. That's that's a place you could viably go, right? And like, um, I just, I think he's gone, you know, I'll end up somewhere. I'll be on a competitive team. And I think um, the way, if you're Quasi is like, you you have to, at some point, if you go to the Wilson, hey, I'm burning all the picks and I'm spending all your money. They might go, yeah, I don't know if we love that. Like you're under contract for two more years. And really like most people aren't lame ducks, right? I think like they they will either re-sign Quasi, right? I mean, it, it depends obviously on how the season goes, but I think you either extend him, right? To keep him from being a lame duck GM, or you're looking at like, hey, do we have someone else come in here and figure this out? Um, you know, they bought themselves a little bit of time. You know, obviously with the 13-win season, everyone knows it was 11-1 score games. They lost in the playoffs. So the Giants weren't very good and all this stuff. And we understand how this season went, right? But like, I just think they there's some equity with the organization. I don't think the Wills, as much as they want to win, I don't think they're like this. I think the reason why I do that in LA with the Rams is, yes, there are some historic fans there. But keep in mind, you kind of kill a fan base when the team moves to St. Louis. It feels like a different team when it comes back. And like, there are... I'm sure diehard Rams fans in LA, but you're splitting the fan base supposedly, right? With two teams. And like, you have to get people's attention because LA has got a lot going on, right? With the Vikings. I think it's like the Vikings are so vital to this city, to like Minnesota that I think teams here have a hard time going. Yeah. We're just burning this thing to the ground. I, I understand there was an argument to do that, but I just don't, I think he was saying like, I just don't see an option to burn it down. I'm trying to win with with like kind of the tools we have here. Like we could maximize the Zimmer core and then bring in our own. And I think the cardinal sin here is actually like you just missed so badly in that 22 draft that you didn't have the replay. Imagine if scene was like a starting safety, right? Imagine if Booth was a starting corner. Imagine if Caleb Evans didn't take a step back. And I guess you could always do that with any pick. But I, what I'm saying is like, then this feels a lot different. Then it's like, hey, you actually have a pretty affordable defense that you just need to tinker with instead of overhaul in some respects. And then you go, yeah, we're going to overspend on quarterback, but you're doing that because that creates certainty. You know what Kirk Cousin is or have a good idea. You have a better idea of who he is than the next quarterback coming in. And save for, I, I'd argue, if they had lost in, against San Francisco, the game that they were, San Francisco was favored by a seven, I think you start actually tanking then, right? And mm-hmm. that's maybe the only opportunity you had really to get one of these top three. Once you, once you beat San Francisco and you, you full throttle, like they can't, no one's going to guess that Kirk Cousins is going down on an Achilles injury. And I, I thought Kenny Clark sacked him or something. You know what I mean? I, I had no idea. Yeah. I was at the game, watched it physically. And I was like, what happened? Like, why, why is he hurt? And it's Kirk Cousins. Like of all things, he's never injured. So um, point being is just like, I think they're, I don't see them. They're not burning it down this year. We all know this. They're also not going full throttle. in. I think they're just like, Hey, we need a, we need like a viable quarterback situation. Here. We need someone who understand or understands Connell system, right? And then, like, from there we go, how good can you make the defense? So what happens if Kirk goes the other way, though? Like, what if, if he leaves? Yes. What What if they go, hey, here's two years, 60 million. We don't want to guarantee the second year because we want to build this team around you. And Kirk says, well, I can go to Atlanta, make more money, and there's a lot more weapons and a team ready to pop over there. Is there a path outside of Cousins that you're, like, all in on, whether it's a veteran sam darnold's name was tossed out there which everybody acts reasonably uh once that name was thrown out by tom palacero or is there a quarterback that you're saying trade up for this dude 
and let's go. Like, well, let's figure it out. Let's get Darnold as a house of cards and let's have this rookie develop. And when he's ready to go, let's go. Yeah. I mean, I don't, the thing with Darnold, like he's one of those like jets guys who has like, did the jets just mess him up? You know what I mean? Like, is this, is he just a product of like a bad environment? And it turns out like, I don't know how you can make that argument. Like, I just don't know how that, like how you could believe that after seeing what we've seen. And I just don't think Darnold, I mean, I don't know, maybe he was not the Niners backup, right? Like maybe something changed when he went over there, but I just don't, I don't believe in him. I think you'd have to get a backup. People are excited about. I think people could talk themselves into like Gardner Minshew. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think you can do that with Tannehill. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Baker, right? Like, you, isn't it like possible that Tampa could go like, hey, you know, <laughs> maybe we should keep this dude around, right? You know what I mean? And so, like, I don't think it's Baker. I think, like, as much as you maybe get some momentum given his where he was drafted and stuff, I just don't even think Baker does that. I think there's just something about Minshew because, like, he's in the perfect spot where he seems cool. You know what I mean? He seems like a fun, cool guy. I mean, I, I feel like you and him could go to WrestleMania and have, like, a blast. You know what I mean? And, like, I think... uh um, I think the, you know, the expectations are right for him, right? The expectations for Baker Mayfield was franchise guy in Cleveland, right? It was, we draft, I think it was one, one, um, we drafted you to turn the Browns around. That's a pretty lofty ex- expectation. And I think while he, he kind of recovered his stock a little bit in LA, I think with that weird comeback that they, that he, he had, like, I think he kind of did a Josh Dobbs, even though he's a higher profile quarterback, but like kind of showing up and lead him to victory. And then I think like, just what he did with Tampa. And like, I remember listening to a podcast. It wasn't even like a sports podcast. It's just a dude who's a Bucks fan. He goes, Oh yeah, we're going to get killed this year. This is before the Vikings game. And so when the Vikings lost to him, I was like, did the Vikings just lose like one of the worst, like three worst teams in the league. And it turns out like, yeah, probably shouldn't have lost that game. But also like, yeah, I don't know. Like Tampa was better than we thought. Um, I, I, you know, so I don't know. I just, I think you'd have to do someone like Gardner Minshew. And I think like where, the thing is, I think Cousins really boosted his stock with the Netflix. Like, I, I wrote a story basically quantifying it, and I was like, yeah, I actually think, like, this meaningfully changed how we think of Kirk Cousins. I also, the way I... Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Personally, see him as, yes, he like you can win with him. He doesn't drive winning. He seems like a decent enough dude. He is kind of in his own world. And like he is also... He is pretty smart in that, like, he's got a good agent. He will, he is cashed in. If you had said the day Kirk Cousins was drafted, he'd make however much money he's made in the NFL, right? Someone would look at you and be like, wait, the guy they the back up, like, you know, Robert Griffin, like, yeah, that dude. And like, he, dude, that guy's, he's smart about what he's doing. But I just, I think like the thing with Minshew is like, Minshew's always been liked, you know what I mean? For like, how many guys of Minshew's caliber, like, could you name or think of? You know what I mean? Like, is it is like Geno Geno Smith's a little better, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what about Case his, Keenum? Like, are, Case, are they similar? Case Keenum here, right? Case Keenum is like because Case Keenum represented a like a, you know another overachieving team, and because of the miracle and stuff. I do wonder. I always go that team did play six bad quarters of football before going in Philadelphia. I know we all expected them to beat Nick Foles. I know we all expected them to go into Philadelphia and win. I know we all kind of thought, hey, this is a miracle team that might go on a run and win it here, right? But like, um. If you actually look at it kind of pragmatically, you're like, yeah, the team kind of was bad for a while before the before um, I should say they had two bad quarters leading up to the miracle and then four in Philadelphia. But, you know, like they played six bad quarters to end the season. So, you know, I don't know. I think the um, yeah, I don't know. Case Keenum here obviously would have that rep, but I just don't think like everyone around the league knows who Gardner Minshew is. Right. Because he's like, yeah. he's goofy. He's cool. I don't know. So I think that's the only way that works. I mean, obviously, they they'll kick the tires on various guys. I'm just telling you, I do think. I think they signed Cousins. I think Quasey's going to try to put his foot down. Here's the thing. The other reason why Cousins may want to tighten the window on the negotiations is he may not want to spend his whole offseason fighting over what is essentially Quasey probably going, can I do one year non-guaranteed the second? Cousins going, can I have two guaranteed? And then him exploring too. And the one thing his agent's probably doing is going, is Atlanta giving him three for 90? I mean, that to me seems like an absurd contract. Remember the Jets actually gave him a bigger, bigger contract, right? It was like mm-hmm. 126. And he goes, no, no, I want to be in a winning situation. So this is not, the problem is like with anything we think in black and white, we go, Cousins pads his stats and only cares about money. And you go, that's not true. Some of his stats aren't, don't represent how good he is. As in like, he puts up better stats than he probably is. Um, he does really care about money. I think he has a really smart agent, as I said, and makes a lot of money. I also think he does care a lot. Like he did not like it when guys like Chris Thomason, former, you know, Pioneer Press writer, would bring up his record. He did not like that he was a 500 quarterback that literally, if you looked at his record, he won as many games as he lost. He had like two ties in there, which is funny. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And, like he did care about that. I think he cares a lot about having the 13 win season. And he obviously cares about his image in some way, as much as he will try to kind of deflect that. Like you don't do a Netflix show and then kind of talk about it afterwards and go, Hey, I'm, you know, I, I really care if I'm going to, and I understand what he's saying. He's like, I'm a lot of people in my life. Like I need them to be responsible with what they put on the air. But like, that was crafted in some ways, right? He was literally breaking down the film on what Netflix put out there. And I was surprised personally as someone who, who like, I don't hate her cousins, nor do I think he's like Joe Montana, right? Like I, I was surprised by what I saw and the reaction that people had to it. Right. And so like, 
you know, he is a dude that cares. I think he just also is going to go to Atlanta and go, hey, if I'm playing in Atlanta, it's three years 90, right? And I think maybe he's looking at his Steelers and going, can we do 260? And I think with Minnesota, he's going 260. And I think Quasey going to go, what if we do one for 30 and we'll figure it out next year, depending on what happens in the draft and what, I mean, I guess at that point, right? Like, you know, Cousins probably knows they're taking a quarterback, but you don't really know who that is. But like what happens in the draft and and then, you know, how he looks as, in, as in he hears season. the shotgun pump in the background from the well. It's like, Hey, what if we do like one third? Okay. Two sixty, It is fully guaranteed. Uh, totally, totally cool. Like the real, uh, shotgun wedding down in Alabama or something like that. You know, I think this off season is really interesting. It's really captivating because the quarterback decision is dominating the conversation, but this team needs a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Coming into this offseason, you know, how close do you think the Vikings are to being a true contender for a Super Bowl? And, and I mean, what what would you define? Is it getting in the tournament? Is it building a roster like we see with the 49ers or Chiefs? What do the Vikings have to do this offseason to get into that upper echelon of the NFC? I mean, you have to have a quarterback that can run a kind of system. We talked about that. You have to shore up corner. I actually think Byron Murphy looked okay, but like, here's the thing. Like, I also don't know, like, are you getting Xavier Rhodes in this draft? You know what I mean? Like, like even if you spent 11 on that, I don't know if you're guaranteed that you have like a lockdown corner. Um, I, I think you do have to address the secondary. I mean, I think there's some tough conversations, obviously, with Harrison Smith, who I, I, I'm in a huge Harrison Smith fan, but we saw him slow down last year. I think you have to be honest about like kind of what Cam Bynum is. Like, can he get better? Is this who he is? Like, it's just tough given his age and given he had a sort of breakout last year. Um, you need some sort of, unless you really believe in Ivan Pace, like some sort of Jordan Hicks. It doesn't have to be him, but like somebody who can run a defense. I, I like Ivan Pace a lot, and I think like they're going to trust him at some point to kind of be Green Dot, be the quarterback of the defense. Are you immediately doing that next year? You have to get Hunter. I mean, that's the problem is like you have to get Hunter. You have to figure out the Jefferson extension. You have to do all this. You know, you're, we're going to take quarterback out of the conversation real quick. I think Matt Freeze wrote it on our site. I mean, I think you can go to other places too. The cap is one of the most, most misunderstood things stood things ever. It's not truly like it's not um, funny money. You know, it's not monopoly money. Um, it, at some point, it's you have to pay out at some point. But like, it is very flexible, and it's not. It's not. I know people go, you need cousins you, or whatever. You, you have to pay cousins. You have to pay Jefferson. You have, and you wrote a piece about this, how you would make that decision between the three guys between Jefferson, um, cousins, and, and Hunter. But like, you can fit them in. I think the way you've put it before is it's like a credit card, right? I mean, at some point you can go on the spending spree and like, uh, you know, one way I see it is like, look, if you're an NFL team, you can't, you know, I don't know how many luxury items you're allowed, right? You, you, if you have to fit it within within a cap, but like, if you really go, man, I love my house and I think it's going to be valuable. You can go get good furniture and redo the appliances and whatever. And you can still probably afford a pretty nice car, right? It's just all like, hey, what are we doing when this this is due, right? We can finance all this. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing, right? But like, how much do I pay up front? How much am I kicking down the road? The one thing about Quasi being, you mentioned this, the four-year deal, he's already been through two years, entering a third, right? Like, again, I don't think he can be like, hey, blow all your assets and I'm going to charge the credit, you know, the credit card down down the road. Right. I mean, like, hey, he, he doesn't want to have a good, a good season and go, oh, I didn't think about this. You know what I mean, like, like, I, I didn't realize I have to spend, you know, that, that money's on me. But like, I think also, you know, you like um, he's going to be a little more aggressive. I mean, I guess you could argue aggressive was his first season. Right. It went in 13 games, keeping the core together. 
um, stuff like that. You could argue this season was too. I mean, as we were talking about like, hey, you're starting on three and I know you have the extra playoff team, but like how, how likely is it you actually reach that point? Um, he did go get Akers. He did go get Dalton Reisner. Um, you know, he, he, he they were aggressive throughout the season. I mean, even if you look at the Dobbs acquisition, like for two games, I guess it looked like, wait, it was like a pick swap, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. And then like he kind of figured that out. But like there was an aggressiveness and has been an aggressive mentality throughout I think the hardest thing for him is that like there are a lot of people here who would applaud a Wall Street mentality and a probability mentality. I just think a there's we and this is it's just like I think the way people think we like or at least certain people do the capitalistic the gambling aspect of it, right? Like people kind of, you think of Wolf of Wall Street and as much as you're like, hey, these guys are criminals, that's a really fun movie to watch, right? Everything, yeah, you know, think of Gordon Gecko, right? That's a household name and it's literally a made up dude, right? I think he's made up, and then like. Um, you know, the, uh, you might want to look that up. I actually don't know Maybe if Gecko is actually, a yeah. guy. um, but, I think, uh, I, I think he is, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. But like, but like, I think that's the original wall street movie. Right. And then like, um, you know, Gordon Gecko being like a, a household name and like, you know, we do, we do like, yeah, there's something about like kind of the, you think of Vegas and like gambling and kind of the, the glorification of that if he trades down and does it effectively, no one, I mean, there are people who bring up Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton and stuff like that. Um, but like, there's less of that. The problem is when like, I mean, Kyle Hamilton, man, I think like, I think that Kelsey catch right in the playoffs, like one of the only touchdowns he gave up in coverage or something like that. Right. And like, you imagine like Jordan Davis would be the first time you kind of, you know, you, you build it along the line or whatever, like you make an investment on, uh, along the D line and like, I get all that. And I actually think they should have just, he made it too complicated. Having said that, it's just, it's more that it just didn't work. Like Lewis scene seemed exciting. I don't, maybe he'll figure it out, but like, you seem like an explosive guy to ta- tackle. Right. And like, I think, you know, you look at a Kayla or, um, uh, booth like you're like man if he if he gets healthy at all like he'll figure it out and because that didn't work like it just i think people are out on him and that's that's the truth of the nfl like very people few people get an opportunity rick spielman acknowledged this right rick spielman figured out like or like said like hey it's rare that people are as patient as the vikings were with him right and like i don't know how most people get one opportunity to get a second one but it's like it's not guaranteed like Quasi just turns around and like is a GM somewhere else, right? You know, like this is his opportunity, and it's just this is, I mean, it's just a massive, massive draft. And it's uh, he's gonna have to decide like, do you go with certainties? Do we keep it at 11 and just draft the best player, best player there, or am I flipping 11 and trying to get multiple players? Is this, did I miss out on Jamison Williams? Not a big deal. Did I miss out on Jordan Davis? Guy Hamilton, a little bigger deal. Gordon Gecko was not based on one person, but rather a composite of real life financiers. Or financiers, I guess. Yeah. Say it. Uh, he was in Wall Street, which was 1987, and Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, uh, which was the sequel. Uh, the main character in Wolf of Wall Street was uh, Jordan Belfort, played by yes. Leo DiCaprio. I don't know if he was a real person. I didn't get that far. In my I think I think Belfort. I think Belfort is. I mean, I love yeah. that movie. I'm not even a huge movie guy. Like Brian, who's our editor of our football editor, Brian Miller, like loves movies and stuff like that, and watches all of them. Like I don't watch a ton of movies. That was one. Literally, I think it's like a three, three and a half hour movie. I remember watching yeah. it with like, two of my buddies, and I was like, I remember getting out of the theater. I'm like, why is it dark? And my friend is like because three hours passed and I was like, what? You yeah. know, it's one of those. I was like, oh yeah, there was the Quaalude scene and whatever. But like, I just, you know, you think about it, and actually like if you go into the boiler, the boiler room's weird. Boiler room is like a um, Affleck and like Vin Diesel and stuff right in, I think. And like, um, it's it's from the, it's that company, whatever Belfort's company was from the perspective of, of a kid working, right? Like a just a dude and um, really interesting movie. But it's like, there's enough of that stuff out there 
that like and you know obviously get big names to act in these movies and stuff like people love i mean we know this people love gambling i i think like there are mixed feelings on wall street but there are people who glorify that my point is i think there was some excitement you go remember like here's the thing this is just things change based on your record right but like when quasi was when they hired quasi and like he did his first introductory press conference especially compared to polls i think right was around that time people were like oh man got the right guy like yeah he seems likable and like he is i mean he is he's a quieter guy but he's like kind of he's very quietly confident um you know i'm curious if you got him in an honest moment like if he'd be like man i just yeah overthought this like why why didn't i just grab kyle hamilton right but like i think you know he is quietly confident i think if again like it's just hard because it's those two guys right i I don't think anyone cares about jameson williams i could be wrong i don't even know like with christian watson the fact that they traded that pick watson's been good at times but like i don't know if people care about it it's more that like jordan davis is staring in the face coming from this Georgia defense like it's a d tackle like why not go grab him you know kyle hamilton notre dame like you go oh dude like that's duh that's harrison smith's replacement and with those guys i know hamilton i think had some injuries but like with those guys, like it just given their success, you go, Hey, you overthought this. I mean, listen, you are the product of kind of what you do in the NFL, right? I mean, I think the one hard thing, like if you're, if you're this current regime, if you're O'Connell, if you're uh, Davamen, so you go, we didn't get a lot of credit for that 13 win season. I think like, it's not that I've ever heard them complain about it or whatever, but it's one of the few instances where I was like, and I get why, but it's like, people just didn't like that season. You know what I mean? Like in some ways they liked it in real time, but they like hate it now because like, I don't know if you know what to make of it. Listen, I was there in Buffalo and I was like that's a crazy catch and i don't know how that happened i don't know how they pulled it off watching it live i was like man it feels like buffalo and the vikings are just cursed and it's like the two most cursed teams like trying to outdo each other on the field with just like bad luck but um you know obviously they come out of that that was the only game that they weren't favored in otherwise like the vikings they just did it in a weird way won the games they should have you just shouldn't have lost to the giants and i kind of wonder if it would have felt different obviously if you go to san francisco and lose right it feels a little too much like the zimmer era where they lost in san francisco right but like you would feel differently about it you'd be like that's one of the premier franchises one of the best franchises in the nfc like how much shame is there in losing that it just feels different when it's like daniel jones right and like it's you kind of go like man that donatel defense really came apart or whatever so i don't know i just you know you just they bottom line is you just can't have a draft like this again because you need the young talent right and you got to imagine like flores flores is an interesting guy like he is a hardcore dude but he is like personable from what i've gathered and like the the players really like him He's obviously really smart. He just like created his own defense, right? You know, it's a little like if you like, you just threw a whole bunch of puzzle pieces at a guy and you're like, how did that work? You know, what I mean? like, how did he put together a picture? Those are like from three different puzzles and like it's missing. You know, I yeah. compared it to uh, throwing a stoner in the Taco Bell test kitchen. Just like, all right, we got a couple of things here. Hey, guys, it's a Quesarito. It's it's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think like there obviously there's brilliance to what it does. I do think the players really like him. I think like the other thing is there are some old hey zimmer was like this like there are some old school coaches who just don't like young players and i think like it was just interesting to me that he like he just like grabbed anthony barr and he's like hey you can have this role and like barr scooped up a fumble like and i think the i think it was the chicago game right like the one here and like this i think it's Jalen williams again like i'm i'm kind of doing this off the top of my head but it's like when a caleb evans wasn't working he's like ah, i think this guy like we grabbed them practice squad i think we can throw him in there 
and I, you know, I do think it's hurt some of these players. I do think like with Asimov, that guy's super fast. You probably can't land a tackle all the time. And in this defense, like with Donatello, supposedly everyone, everything's in front of you. So there's going to be three guys running at the ball, right? I mean, with this, it's like, hey, we, we're sending eight. You got to make your tackle. And I think Evans had the same problem too. I think Evans probably can keep up with some of the receivers in the league. I just don't think he can bring them down. Hey, that's part of the job and that's fine. But also like these guys weren't drafted for Flores. And like, I think, you know, I don't know. I just, that's the, that's the gift I guess you got in having Flores is that like, I think you can get, you can have a decent draft here, even if you don't nail every pick, because I think there's going to be guys where Flores can go, Hey, I can't throw this guy on the field as a starter. He can't be out there every down, but in certain situations, in a pastor situation, he'll actually get after the quarterback in a situation where I throw eight at him, this corner will bring down the, he might not stick with the best guys in the league, but like he can bring down any receiver. Like, Hey, the safety understands how the defense works. He just, you know, wish he was a little quicker, whatever it is. And I think like, I don't know, dude, that guy, I, I wish I could fully understand. I think Seifert did a Kevin Seifert from ESPN did a really good job kind of explaining like where, where he got this defense from that he, you know, like the Steelers and Pitt both have the same practice facility and, and uh, Flores was watching film with the, the Pitt guy and was like, Hey, what should I be doing? You know, whatever. But also like to be, to come up in a new England system that's so complicated. And like, I think there's a hundred, I think of all these Belichick assistants who weren't any good. It's just like, sometimes you just have to be Bel- Belichick to make it work. And then to go like to, hey, let's spend a year with Mike Tomlin. Let's do this disjointed thing in Miami where the guy's trying to pay me, you know, the owner's trying to pay me allegedly to, to lose games or whatever. And the fact that he can grab from all these different stops, including like literally just a year in Pittsburgh and be like, hey, this is the defense. It was brilliant until like literally Jake Browning broke it. And then, and then you're like, ah, it doesn't seem as brilliant. But I think at that point you go, hey, I think you just ran out of talent. So bottom line is I actually think there's a viable way. And I try to, you know, and these like, I guess for the thought here, like um, there's a viable way to make the, the Vikings win. Like there is a pathway in order to turn this team around. Is it going to feel like 13 wins? Is it going to are the contenders? I don't know. I think it's going to be very expensive. I think it's going to be very sloppy in that, like, you're probably not getting efficiencies on all these contracts, um, especially Cousins, but maybe Hunter, maybe obviously Jefferson. He's breaking the bank. He's not efficient. Um, uh, I don't know if it means, like, you're going to get good value in the draft. I think the draft might be as practical as, be, hey, just come out of here with, like, five guys are pretty sure can play, right? And, like, you know, the other thing is in a draft where you're getting a quarterback that's not super efficient. If you're reaching for Penix, for example, and you think you can't trade down, like, you might go, oh, we used 11 on him, and he probably could use it on defense, right? But, like, um, I do think there's a way for the Vikings to win next year. And I think the one thing about every team being good in the division is it actually kind of weirdly waters it down, right? Unless one team just pops, right? But, like, if we if we assume, like, Detroit's flawed in its own way, but they're good. Green Bay's flawed. Now, who knows? They may, with the new defensive coordinator, tap into all that talent and then Green Bay's scary, right? Especially with Jordan Love. But it's like, hey, if if like Green Bay is a good but not great team, if if um uh Chicago starts to although I think Chicago's still maybe a year away, but like Chicago starts to tap into all the cast space they have, they get Caleb Williams, he takes off, whatever. The thing is, like the the teams then beat up on each other, right? And like that there's a way for the Vikings, a competitive, a good, not great team to to like hover on the playoffs, right? And it's really good to come down to what I want to learn. We talked a lot about O'Connell, we talked about a lot about cousins. What I need to learn about Kevin O'Connell is like, is he actually a situational master, right? Because it didn't look like in the first three games. And there's various points in the season where it didn't see, you know, even like Cincinnati late and stuff where it's like, man, you, there were some mistakes that, that were made that like did affect the outcome of these games. Right. And so that's what I need to learn with O'Connell. I believe he knows offense. I believe that players buy into him. I think like he creates a good culture, right? I think there's all that stuff. I want to know, like, can he get his message through what he's teaching through and, is it 11 and 0 in one score games? No, but like, can we get closer to the 10 to 12 number? Because honestly, I think if you get 10 in the NFC North, 
you're probably in playoff position. And then from there, it's, is the defense good enough to win the playoffs? Is it cousins or whatever that they do it, you know, in the, um, with the quarterback position. And then it's, how do you unlock Jefferson? Cause I think Jefferson's a guy that if there's a chance, he will always give you the opportunity to win. So we got a hard out here for you. So I'm going to wrap things up here. What is going on at zone coverage and where can people follow you on social media? Yeah, it's zonecoverage.com. We have daily content on the Vikings twins, wolves, wild Packers. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've written a lot just because it's time of year where I'm kind of filling in for other people. I, I have about a Vikings piece a week, touch on the twins, obviously a little more with spring training going on, write the wild once a week for our wild site, hockeywilderness.com. Um, and then wolves looking good, except for maybe late season offense, but, uh, but fun wolves season seven touch on them. So I'm kind of all over the place. Certainly we have writers for, for every team, including your, your two Vikings pieces a week. You chip in with the twins and stuff like that. So. We have a good staff for each vertical, really high quality stuff. Definitely check it out. It's going to be, as always, interesting with Minnesota sports. Well, as of course, or excuse me, as always, you can follow me at the real Chris Shad on Twitter, yelling at people uh, on TikTok, on Instagram, all of those good things. But that's all the time we got for today on the Viking Age podcast. We do this every Monday with a late week episode right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. We're on podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, make sure you rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode and we can spread the word to the masses. For Tom Schreier, I am Chris Shad. This has been the Viking Age Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.